Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, it's midseason grade time, baby. Part two. Time to go over the Western Conference. A lot of teams are going to get grades that will make their parents proud. Other ones may want to pretend like the dog ate it. Lots to cover, Nick. So drop that generic ass fucking beat. So we've reached the halfway point of the season. It's time to give out these mid-semester grades. Last episode, which was on Monday night, Tuesday for you, we covered the Eastern Conference, so now we do the West. So let's break it down. Division by division, my Portland Trailblazers in the Northwest Division have to go first. They were the first to come to mind. And you know what? After careful consideration, the Portland Trailblazers, they get a C. It's better than I wanted to give them, honestly, uh, because of the moves, right? The moves that they've made in the offseason, you can't really ask for much better than that, but... They are underperforming in a big, big way. I love Jeremy Grant's fit on the team. I think he's probably a great third or fourth scoring option. Best defender on the team, most likely in terms of, you know, point of attack. Can guard probably one through four, two through five kind of a thing. Gary Payton II has been injured, but now that he's back, he's been amazing defensively. Very good on-ball defender, kind of guy that's disruptive, kind of guy that just is exactly who Portland needs. Scrappy, hardworking, annoying, amazing fit for Damian Lillard. The Nurk deal, boy. He's shooting a lot of threes. He's shooting a lot of threes. His three-point percentage is way up. His three-point volume is way up. Everything else has been a little erratic, a little touch-and-go. Portland started out super hot. Looked like they were number one in the West for maybe a week or so. They're in the plan right now, not even, and I'm not even sure what they're going to do to make a move. I don't know if they will make a move, but I think everyone expected that this is sort of a resetting year. You're getting Shaden Sharp back into the mix. As a rookie, he hasn't played games before this since you know high school, was chilling in Kentucky, just doing homework and watching. And, you know, there's a lot to be encouraged in, but – You're not necessarily saying that this is a successful year either. Denver Nuggets. Oh, man. I'm not just saying this. They get an A. I'm not just saying this. 
because they're the number one team in the West. But holy shit, are they just fun and good. Defensively, they're playing elite defense right now, especially in the games that they continue to keep focus. Aaron Gordon playing the best basketball of his entire career, in his life. Guys like KCP, Bruce Brown, really good fits. Drafting Christian Brown, a.k.a. Christian Braun, has been amazing. He's added to the versatility of this team. I like the development of Bones Highland. Add that to a healthy Jamal Murray. You add that to a healthy Michael Porter Jr. Healthy-ish is pretty much all you're going to get. And a Jokic who's playing better basketball than he's played in years and going to win the MVP for a third straight time. Nobody's done that since Larry Bird. Insane. Boy, are they a dangerous team. They could win it all if they could play some defense when Jokic is not on the floor. Utah. Utah is uh, is something special, boy. God damn, does Danny Ainge know how to take a mess and turn it into a basquiat, right? I mean, he's like Jackson Pollock, just random spray pieces all over, and you look up and you're like, oh, my God, that's a, that's a vision. I think I love this Utah team. They are fun. I thought they were going to stink. I thought that they were going to just be right in the dumpster for Victor Wambanyama, but, man, they have a bunch of fun players. They have a boatload of unprotected picks. They have 13 lightly protected or unprotected draft picks that are first-rounders just from the Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell trade combined. Alone. Just alone. Just from that. They also got Laurie Markkinen. Did I mention him? He's probably going to win Most Improved Player of the Year. He is now the leader in the clubhouse for that. They have Walker Kessler, who, let's be honest, is probably going to be better than Rudy Gobert. He can do more things. Oh, you've got Jared Vanderbilt. Nice piece, versatility-wise. And you know that everybody that they're not going to resign, all the old guys, all the guys that don't want to stay, they're gone. They're probably going to end up flipping them for more pieces, too. This team is good. This team, the future is bright. They're still in the play-in picture, and they didn't even want to win. We didn't expect a goddamn thing from them. They get an A-. Minnesota gets an F, really, because of the trade with Utah. Danny Ainge fleeced them. Like, you know that saying, if you can't spot the mark in the room, that is you. You are said mark. That's the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're the mark. They gave away so much for a one-dimensional center. Like, so many picks, so many players. The fit with Cat is not good. Will it ever be good? I don't know. Probably not. They could go down as making one of the worst trade decisions in not just NBA history, but sports history. Minnesota, they've got a bad record for bad trades. Herschel Walker being one, remember that one? Like, this is up there with the Herschel Walker trade. But what's sadder than the actual trade itself is it's like a what-could-have-been story, you know? They were fun. They were exciting. They had one of the best offenses in the league, up and down, talking trash, taking Memphis to the break. Pat Bev was creating culture there. He loved Minnesota. Cat was terrible defensively, but flourishing in terms of his scoring. It was just a team you could get behind. You could say, oh, yeah, the future's bright for this squad. They add a couple more pieces. They have a bunch of guys. 
fun. And all they got now is Rudy Gobert and a, and a dry-ass empty cupboard with just brown rice bagged up and maybe some cans of cannelloni beans. That's it. No shade to Aunt Edwards. He's, he's everything to them. But now you got this guy. This, you replaced all these young players for a, a lumbering oaf who all he does is clog up space for your superstar, make his life harder, not easier. This is a puzzling decision that Tim Connolly made so early in his tenure that is going to be analyzed for years and years and years to come. This team had the possibility of locking up a top four, top six spot, and now it looks like they're a playing team at best. Chris Finch probably going to get fired despite the fact that it is a success that they've gone 6-4 and four in their last 10. Just barely being 500 is like taking him from the hot seat and putting him on the medium heat seat. Not good. By the way, someone commented on TikTok that if the Wolves had traded for Mitchell Robinson instead of Rudy Gobert, they'd probably be no worse than fourth in the West. Like that team, with all its pieces and all of its picks, probably would be better than the Mavs right now. Let's be honest. Think about that. What a fucked up situation for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I feel bad for Minnesota fans, man. They can't catch a break. OKC, they're in the ninth spot right now. They get an A-. minus. Oh, my God. Can you just tell when you watch basketball and watch these teams do their jobs, you know, not just the actual basketball, but the work that goes on behind the scenes. They're just some teams with smarter decision makers than others. And that is Sam Presti. That's him. He's a monster. He is just miles ahead of other teams. Not just when it comes to deal-making, when it comes to treating players well. Like you're hearing stories come out from guys who rehabilitated their careers there, like Al Horford saying that this is a first-class organization. They treated me better than any place, and they didn't even intend to keep him, right? Talent evaluation incredible talent development bringing on chip england to help josh giddy shoot threes he's playing at a level we have not seen from him before he has a team everyone thought would be tanking in the ninth spot the thunder have well exceeded expectations they're one win away right now from hitting their win total which was 23 wins they have 22 wins at the halfway part mark of the NBA season anybody think that was going to happen did you think Sam Presti was going to shut it down Shea has been insane at one point he was the leader to win most improved player he's going to be an all-star this year he's averaging 31 5 and 5 Josh Giddy is a bona fide star with with court vision you could only hope to have in a player not to mention he can score and rebound and do all kinds of these things too. I love the fits of the two Jalen Williams that they got for nothing. They traded some random to move up in the draft, and now they get both Jalen Williams, one J-Dub, one J-Will, both good in their own right. Chet Holmgren, mind you, hasn't played one game this year. Not one. Been out with a Liz Frank injury. This team is good. They are more importantly than good, super fun. The future's bright. Everything they've done in the offseason was good, excellent, elite, and they're a fun-ass team where you can't really knock anything that's going on right now. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Moving on to the Pacific Division, let's start with our kings. Sacramento. Buttoned up, put the suit and tie on. Sacramento kings now. What can I say? about the Kings that hasn't already been said. Well, we know that they've been in a playoff drought longer than the city of Los Angeles has been in a drought for water. And just like over L.A., just like Sacramento, the watermark is high right now. They are overflowing with playoff hopes. It's been bleak for this fan base. We know that. For so damn long. And now it feels like it's sort of over, you know? It feels done. Monty McNair has done wonders. He needs to be extended. His decision-making quality, very high. What he's done in terms of drafting players that make sense, the Sabonis trade, oh, my God, the Sabonis trade was good. That's probably – the Sabonis trade's probably the definition, if you look into a dictionary, of what – the NBA was hoping trades would look like. Mutually beneficial for both sides, makes both players better, makes both teams better as a result of said trade, right? My God, both teams, both players flourished because of this trade. They just beat the Lakers last night in Staples. You had people chanting, light the beam in Staples? louder than you could even imagine. I think they turned Staples purple for the Kings last night. And that win over the Lakers turns the Kings into the three seed in the West. The three seed. Let me say that again. The Sacramento Kings are currently the three seed halfway through the season. That's cute 10 games in. We're more than 41 games in right now, folks, and they are the three seed. They were 66-1 to at one point just to win the Pacific Division. They are now plus 125 to win said division. Wow. 
They're base, they are the leader in the clubhouse to win that division. Honestly, incredible. Keegan Murray, we'll talk about him. He's been okay. He's not somebody that has outperformed expectations. I think he's going to be a good piece for them. He's been up and down. He had 10 rebounds against the, the, the Lakers, which is very important for his development. He looks like he's going to be a fan favorite as well. He already is. Malik Monk has been adding a lot in terms of bench scoring, like a little microwave. Obviously, his connection with De'Aaron Fox down the stretch, with them going to Kentucky together, being best friends, that's worked out like a charm. Harrison Barnes has turned back the clock, turning into Warriors. Harrison Barnes. Kevin Herter has still been Kayvon, even though he's a little out of shape on back-to-backs. And Fox, of course, as we know, Fox is an all-star. Sabonis is an all-star. This team's really good. They can get a backup big at the deadline, someone who can help them in non-Sabonis minutes, someone who can pass, someone who can rim protect. Man, what they have done, though, at 25 and 18, they're seven games over 500. Seven games! Insanely good. I just can't believe it. Moving on to our dubs. They get a C-. minus. About two weeks ago, they probably would have gotten a D+. They're going to be okay. We know that. The dubs are fine. The dubs are always fine. But at the halfway mark, we just cannot consider this a success in any real way. Let's be honest. Steph has missed time. Jordan Poole has been up and down. The role players they had, Gary Payton, he's gone. Otto Porter, he's gone. Niamina, Nia Bialicha, however you're saying it, you know what I'm saying. He's gone, playing in Europe. Clay Thompson, though, bright spot. He's getting better. Much more balanced scoring, much more balanced shooting in terms of his actual weight distribution. (laughs) He's taking more set shots, moving off the ball, getting easy buckets. So he's been really good. He's been actually sort of a surprise in terms of this team. Steph Curry's injury, I thought maybe they'd go 2-8 and while he was out. They actually played pretty well. They weathered that storm in a way that I think was very surprising. But we are worrying about this team in a way where you say, okay, knowing that I think they're going to be fine, can I also simultaneously say that there's some fundamental issues here? And I think the answer is yes. But we have to continue to have blind trust and blind faith in our dubs because what we know is when the lights get bright, as long as Steph is healthy, as long as Clay is healthy, as long as Draymond's healthy, as long as Kevon Looney is healthy, they're going to be able to turn up the volume, turn up the heat when the lights get bright. That's just the way it is. You saw it multiple games in a row. They go down 25, they go down 30, and then in the fourth quarter they turn up the heat, they play the stifling defense, they turn you over, they make you nervous, they get you flustered, they get into transition, then Steph hits you know some of those 30-foot daggers that he hits. He does the little poo-poo motion, he does the little night-night sleep mask, and all of a sudden a 30-point lead has disappeared and now you are down four. That's the Warriors. That's what they do. They always make it dramatic. They always want to do that, but we know that they're still capable of that. So with that being said, they get a C-. minus. However, I'm not worried. Clippers, 8 seed right now. They get a C+. Plus. Don't know what to make of them. I don't know what to make of them. On one hand, their roster is very deep. Bucket getters everywhere. On the other hand, They've all been injured. They've all been out. Significant minutes, significant time. Kawhi, it's like 
a celebration when he plays five games in a row. It's only happened one time this season. He plays three games, takes one or two off, plays another three, takes one or two off. That's his cycle, and that's like a good thing. That's like about as good as it's going to get for Kawhi right now. Paul George hasn't been healthy. John Wall has had signs of brilliance, and then he's on the bench. They are old as fuck right now. Like, that's what that's what you get when you have guys who are in the latter stages of their career where they're like, ooh, my knees, ooh, my back, ooh, I got to take some time, put this icy hot on me. And you're like, oh, God, dude, like, are you guys going to be able to turn it on during the playoffs or nah? Like, I can't tell. Are we going to get Kawhi, the version of him, when he made that shot against Philly? Are we going to get Kawhi, the version, when he wouldn't drive with his fucking team to go play the Phoenix Suns? When he had an ACL tear, didn't even want to support them. Are we going to get the PG version of him when he played in Indiana? Are we going to get the version of PG when he turtled in the bubble and everybody started calling him Pandemic P? Are we getting PG-13? Are we getting Pandemic P? Are we getting Norm Powell when he won a chip? Are we getting Norm Powell from Portland Trailblazers when he's doing absolutely dog shit? See what I just did there? Are we going to get Rocco from his time in the Philadelphia 76ers when he was locking guys down? Are we getting Rocco getting fucking rim-checked in a playoff game, losing the Portland Trailblazers series to the Denver Nuggets, throwing the ball out of bounds? What are we getting? Are we getting Luke Kennard when he takes this team out of the doldrums when they're down 26, helps them win a game just based on bucket after bucket after bucket? Or are we getting Detroit Pistons? Luke Kennard, where he's just getting waved. What version of, speaking of guys getting waved, what version of Reggie Jackson will we get in the playoffs? Are we getting Mr. October, or whatever they call him, Mr. September? Or are we getting Mr. Send Your Ass Home? They could use something. They're going to probably make a move. Steve Ballmer's got unlimited money, so I imagine something's going to happen. Probably a trade with one of the bottom feeders, and they just get automatically better. Boyan Bogdanovich would help them quite a bit. Detroit Pistons are doing absolutely nothing, as you guys already know. Let's move on to the Phoenix Suns. They get a D minus. They get somewhere between a D minus and then like sort of a B because they've all been fucking hurt. Things could not be going worse. When the Sacramento Kings are curb stomping you to win your division, curb stomping. They are they are just not a good team right now. They're 21 and 24. But culturally they're even worse than that, right? Like, they are. It started when, let's be honest, Robert Sarver was just spitting out racial slurs faster than his name was Twista, you know? He just just giving it to you fast. Like, like he was on a Kanye West track. Like, that was what Robert Sarver was doing. It all blew up when DeAndre Ayton wanted to get paid, and they were like, no, you're from the Caribbean, you're too soft try to get another deal, and we'll see if we have to match it. And then he goes out and get a deal, and they begrudgingly match it, right? It becomes toxic then when Jay Crowder's like, hey, I'd also like to get paid. And they're like, still, no, we don't want to pay anyone. He goes on strike. Then Cam Johnson goes out for an indefinite period of time. He's going to be back, but how's he going to look? Then you get CP3 on his vegan-ass diet, breaking down, busting down, like it's the playoffs when it's still week four. 
You got Cam Johnson or campaign, excuse me, he's been hurt. Devin Booker, where's he been? On a milk carton. He's been out six, 16 games since December 11th. Probably won't see him for a while. But the most troubling thing to me about the Suns is since December 1st, they've lost, since just December 1st, this is very critical, they've lost 10 games by 10 or more points which is more than they had all of last year. And this is just since December 1st. Three of those games are at home, which is the same amount of 10-point losses at the crib than they had all last year, too. So, I mean, they're getting taken to pound town. You know what I'm saying? And not in a great way, in a bad way, sad way. And the Suns, they got to do something. They got to move Drake, Jay Crowder got to do that they got I don't even know if anyone's gonna do that because they know that the Suns are so down bad he's probably gonna have to waive them or get them for not like just lose them for nothing they're blowing leads in the second half can you tell I'm not optimistic can you tell and for the love of the valley they got to get Devin Booker back healthy can we get Kendall to go on the road with D book can we give her some sort of magic potion in her watermelon to feed to D-Book. This season's toast if we don't figure that shit out fast. Lakers. Lakers are an interesting team, too. I would say D-plus. D-plus for the Lakers. Maybe, maybe a C-minus. It's actually like kind of a positive grade because it should be an F based on what they did. And what they've done and what they continue to do. And we know they're not going to move anybody. We know we're not, they're not trading those two draft picks. Jeannie Buss has already gone on record. There's already whispers about, well, we're not trading those 25 and 27 first-round picks just to make the play-in. Ask Braun if he wants to make the play-in or not at all. Hey, we can move these two uh, pieces and these two draft picks, and then we'll give you a shot in the play-in, or you guys can be the 15th seed. How do you feel? I think Braun would say, yeah, let's try. Let's try. But she's not doing that. They've been in a bunch of games competitively. They have not been able to close many out. They have eight games where they lost by six or less. But the thing that makes this all quite troubling is how good LeBron's been throughout it all. He's been insane. I have never seen anything quite like LeBron James in year 38 of his natural life. He is about to break what we thought was an unbreakable record. He is 300 points short of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring number, which, let's be honest, is the only reason LeBron James is still a Laker because he wants to break it in purple and gold. Let's be real. He's averaging more points per game right now and last year than in any two-year stretch in his 20-year career. Think about that. He's averaging more right now and last year than in any two-year stretch ever in his entire career, in his peak of the best, goaded Miami Heat years, those peak Cleveland years where he's putting the team on his back. No, no, what he's doing now, better than that. He's averaged 29.4 per game from 2005 to 2007, and he's averaging 30.1 between 2021 
in 2023. You know those like commercials we've seen where it's like Braun versus Father Time? People are making fun of them because they're corny, but they are true. LeBron James is undefeated right now against Father Time. He's getting better, which is not what's supposed to happen. We've only seen this from Tom Brady, and that was like a swan song, and maybe Roger Clemens, but let's be honest. Do I really need to say anything more about Roger Clemens that maybe discredits the fountain of youth? AD was playing an MVP level ball before he got hurt. I have to mention because I think it's very important for you to know in case you forgot. He did twist his ankle midair in the air. He sprained his ankle, not on the ground. I've never heard of that before. So the things that happened to AD continue to literally break the rules of physics. So we'll say that. If you want to call that a mystery, if you want to call that a coincidence, if you want to call that just him being brittle, whatever you want to say, it's all true. And, of course, Russell Westbrook has been really good off the bench. As a sixth man of the year, Kennedy's probably going to win it. There's no more consistent prop bets to take than Russell Westbrook over 14.5 points. He just does it. He's a triple-double machine off the fucking bench. Austin Reeves, he's getting small star votes even though he doesn't deserve them and even Dennis Schroeder has had some good games on a veteran minimum contract they're doing what they can it's sad over there they're poor they're poor Jeannie Buss doesn't have anybody else she's getting her decision making advice from Linda Rambis it's bad it's bad right now and they have LeBron James they'll they'll only be okay and be able to salvage if that they make the play in tournament and maybe make a little run do it the like their upside is what the Pelicans did last year and think about how bad that is. So, they're three games under 500, but yet so are the Suns. So, I mean, not all bad grades are bad grades. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We move on to the Southwest Division. Memphis Grizzlies, they're in the two spot. They get a B. They get a B. Solid B. I can't give them an A because they've had so many damn injuries. Desmond Bain's been injured. Jaron Jackson's been injured. John Morant's been injured. And even though they've had a decent season, they've been patching it together, I just, they haven't been as much of a wagon the West stinks. Let's be honest. The West is not as good as it has been in previous years. So your two-seed run is really not as impressive as it was last year. 
And they were the Cinderella, and now they are the hunted. Everyone wants to take them down. They were the league pass team, and now they're a national darling. I can't give you an A when everybody wants me to, you know? They broke through. They're a result. Everybody thinks that they're anointed. John Morant. And I love his shit talking. I love that he says, hey, if you want to jump with me, then you're going to go viral. I'm not worried about anybody in the West. Let's be honest. There's really nobody you should be worrying about in the West because the West stinks. But if they can be healthy, they're going to be dangerous. They're going to be the silver gorilla, as they say. And it won't matter if teams bring their A game because have you seen Steven Adams? When he wants to do whatever he wants to do, it's impossible. Jaws like Joe Burrow, impossible to shake confidence-wise. And as long as he's healthy, this team can go as far as he wants them to go. That's how I feel. I don't see how the Grizzlies aren't going to be a title contender for as long. Like Joe Burrow says, the window is John Morant's career. New Orleans Pelicans, they're the four seed. How is it possible they are the four seed with all of the shit that's gone on with the New Orleans Pelicans? A minus they get. They are having an incredible season with all of the things that have been going on with them. So Zion came out of the blocks like his name was uh, Michael Johnson with the gold shoes, with the, like Usain Bolt, making us the centerpiece. We have to talk about him in the MVP conversation because everybody loves some Zion. He's gotten skinnier, I think. I haven't seen him in a while. We'll see. But he's now missed 16 games out of the 40-something they've played. Brandon Ingram, he's been electric. Have not seen him for two-thirds of the season this year. And it's a toe bruise. Okay. He's only played in 15 of the over 40 games they've played. Herb Jones, my guy, has missed 16 games so far this year. They should not be anywhere in the top four. Their top three players outside of C.J. McCollum, three of their five starting five guys have missed anywhere from one-third to two-thirds of the season, and yet they continue to succeed. They are balling out. C.J. has been incredible. Grand Theft Alvarado has stepped in and done wonders for this squad. Valanchunas, love the piece for him. He is just a steady, steady rock in the middle. The team's got depth. Najee Marshall is averaging 10.5. Larry Nance Jr., Devontae Graham, who they'll probably move. Dyson Daniels, I am so high on. He is like this secret love affair that I have. He doesn't know that I love him, but he's all playing significant minutes as well due to the injuries. And then the few times that this this year that they've been healthy, they've been pretty much unbeatable. If they get healthy right before the playoffs, look out. The Pelicans could legitimately win the West. Mavs, five spot right now, and you should be grateful to be there, honestly. It is gross. C for the Mavs. They haven't fallen out into the playing spot, but again, the West stinks, and they have benefited from the stinky West. I give them a C because all they do is rely on Luka. If Luka continues to play at an MVP caliber, they win games. If he doesn't, they lose games. Pretty simple, simple as that. If Jokic didn't exist, he would be a shoo-in. He does everything. He shoots, he passes, he defends, he complains to the refs. He shit-talks to the teams. He drinks on the job. Everything that you want from a European superstar. Probably brings hoes to the game. But the problem is, it's starting to wear and tear a little. That's what happens when you're not in shape. 
You can't put up those minutes without you starting to decline. You're playing like a Honda Civic right now on the freeway. You're a, you're a V4. And you're wearing out. He's missed two of the last six games. In those games that he has played, he's only averaged 23.6 points, which is well below what his average is for the season. And this is not a team that can survive, can do much of anything with Luka scoring 24 a game. No chance. They have no depth, which is why they have lost six of their last eight games. One of those games, mind you, was to the Atlanta Hawks, which, as you know, if you listen to this podcast, is an absolute disaster. The one saving grace has got to be the trade deadline. Tim Hardaway is rumored to be on the move. Christian Wood, maybe. Mavs, if they can't sign him and they can't get a deal done, they said that they would prefer to trade him. They can improve, they can get to an A, or they can fall to an F, depending on what they do moving forward. It's all in your hands, Dallas. We'll see what you do at the deadline. San Antonio, you get a B plus. I know. Seems weird to give a high grade to a team that is woefully terrible, but they understood the assignment. Sometimes it's like you go to a virtual online oceanography course, you figure out someone who can get you a little scrapbook made with a bunch of uh, sea anemones in it, and then you turn it in, and that's all that you're responsible for doing in order to get an A in this class, okay? The San Antonio Spurs' only assignment is this one thing. Do everything that you can to put yourself in a situation where you're not only competitive, but you're losing. Do you know how hard that is? To be competitive and lose, it's almost impossible, in fact. And yet, the assignment is to do that, to put yourself in a position, the best position, to get Victor Wambanyama. That's it. And to that end, they started off a little rocky, winning a lot of games. But since then, they started to figure it out. Be competitive. Help Keldon Johnson get to the next level. Get Jeremy Sohan some meaningful reps. Lose games. And it's going beautifully now. Victor seems to be at least a perfect fit in the Tim Duncan model, but a new revitalized version in the modern NBA. Keldon Johnson has been really good and very fun. Someone I actually want to watch, which is very rare for San Antonio Spurs. Devin Vassell has been hurt, but he's shown promise. Yaka Pirtle probably going to get moved because he's too good for this team right now. And listen, they don't need a big. They're about to get one. Josh Richardson, he's maybe the worst NBA player I've ever seen. So to that end, maybe he helps them towards their assignment. But so far, so good. I think there's going to be some organizational changes. And Popovich's final gift is probably the opportunity to build with a new franchise cornerstone that will be one of the best in the NBA for years to come. Houston. C-minus, I think. They're a franchise that I, I'm going to be honest, I don't like very much. I don't like the owner. I don't like the philosophy. I really don't like the city. I think it's maybe the only city worse than it, and it's close. It's probably Philadelphia. They have five-lane freeways on either side. If you've ever been on that, it's terrifying. They draft poorly. Uh, the organization is cheap. They have a coach that probably has not ever led strong-willed men in his life. 
He speaks at a decibel level that only a mouse could hear. They can't play team NBA basketball. They've got a bunch of pure hoopers, and that's it. Let's be honest. Like, they've got maybe three guys who can play organized basketball, like, well, and want to. Let's be real. They're, like, athleticism through the roof, but, like, who really wants to do all the fundamental things? Do you see them? Who are they? Eric Gordon? He hates it there. He wants out so badly. He tells him it's literally he's quiet quitting. Have you heard that term? He's quiet quitting. He just keeps saying mean things about the team, hoping to be traded, and they will not trade him for God knows why. Who knows? He's like, this team stinks. They're not getting better. They're like, hey, how have you improved? We haven't. We hate each other. No one plays for one another, and it's true. They're 1-17 in their last 18 games, and I don't think they're trying to tank. I don't think that's their assignment. Guys like Jalen Green, Josh Christopher, Kevin Porter Jr., he's a bucket, he's a bucket, he's a bucket. All talented. All can fill it up. Stat pad, as they say. And they cannot get back on defense for their fucking life. Is there a coaching problem? Like I said, Steven Silas, he's not the one. He knows he's not the one. I am sure he's being tuned out religiously. James Harden has hinted he wants to go back. Please, Lord, don't make it happen. I can't. He just wants to go back to his restaurant with all the food and the, and the steak-wrapped bacon crab etouffee that he's made with the strippers. He wants that. He doesn't want to go back to Houston. That place is a fucking mess. They're going to get a, an F at the end of the season. They just I don't even know why I gave them the C- minus to begin with. They are so screwed. That's it. That's all the teams. That's it. That's all the episode time that we have for the heat check. We will be back Monday. Let me know what you think about these grades. Hit me on the DMs, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. I'm around. Check out the feed as well for past episodes, mini episodes, which drop not almost every day, but kind of. We got Keith Smith coming on Monday. He gave us some, some serious tea. Do not forget to download. Please subscribe. Please tell your friends and follow us. Please follow us at this heat check and at Trista Crick on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll see you next time, knuckleheads. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.